Hello, the message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's Favorite House Canada. We pray that as you listen, God's light will flood your heart and transform you forever. Amen. Hallelujah. Why don't you welcome someone to church and say you are looking good today? Welcome to, to church this morning. I see the glory of God upon you. You know, the times are really changing. You know, we are very close to Christmas. While I was growing up, from October, you begin to see Christmas decorations. People start saying compliments of the season. So tell someone compliments of the season. Have you tried saying that to a Canadian before? <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. Our Bible, today we are going to be looking at long suffering. Long suffering. Long suffering. You know, and... You know, before we go into it, we need to understand what long suffering is. You know, then we start talking about it, breaking it down. How many of us have ever gone through a season in our lives where we had to wait for something? For a promise? Wait for, you know, a prayer to be answered? You know, wait, wait for, you know, whatever it is. How many of us have ever waited? Let me see your hands up. So you've gone through seasons. You know what I'm talking about. You know, we are going to examine the difference between... Before we go into that, let me ask you, is there a difference between patience and long-suffering? Is there a difference? Patience and long-suffering. Okay, all those who believe there's a difference, let me see your hands up. There's a difference between... A lot of them are... Let, let me see your hands up. Eh? <laughs> so, how many of us believe they are the same? Let me see your hands up. Patience and long suffering are the same. I mean, let, raise your hand. I want to see you. I'm not raising my own hand, though. I'm just telling you to raise up your hand. <laughs> okay. But some people don't. What's, so, the people that didn't raise their hand for any of the situations, what's, your, what's the issue? <laughs> Where do you fall into? Okay. Eh? Whatever is the right answer. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, for those guys that raised their hand, Allah, I see you. It's because you start in the teaching and I explained to you, I've explained it before. So there's a difference between patience and long suffering. It's even the funny enough, it's even there. Okay, what is patience? What is patience? Let's think about it. What is patience? You can't use patience in the definition. <laughs> Someone says waiting patiently for something. That's patience. You're using it. Don't put patience in the definition. What is patience? You know, because we need to break these things down so we understand what they are, so that we can apply them to our lives. But until you get deep understanding and revelation of what these terms are, you can't really walk in the fullness of, you know, what they are. So, patience, what do you think it is? Okay, nine. Okay. Waiting. Uh, yeah, I like that. I like that twist. Any other person? Okay, how many people wait? I want to try something. I know we are all young at heart. We are anyone that is above 35. I want a definition from someone above 35 and someone I don't below 30. Okay, so someone above 35. You don't want people to know your real age. <laughs> no, I know you, so don't don't try me. Just Okay, I want to, because I want to, let's look at it between generations. I want to see what people think about it. Patience. Someone above 35, tell me. Don't worry, just tell me what you think. 
The younger people are very fast. Oh, yeah, younger people below 25. No, below 30. Below 30. Okay. Ah, ah. <laughs> no, I won't be below 30. <laughs> yeah, tell me. Okay. 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 Ability to. Yeah. Those guys speak a lot of English. Endure, tolerate. Nice one. Thank you. So they've given us. So you have the older generation, mature people. <laughs> okay, try. Okay, I like that. <laughs> That's <was> wisdom. <laughs> okay, but you know, uh, okay, thank you so much for that. Waiting for something with an expectation. So I'm going to, let's start by opening our Bible to the book of Galatians, chapter 5, verse 22 to 23. It says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith meekness, temperance, and against such there is no law. Now take note, it says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering. So we are talking about long-suffering today. Now that same Galatians 5.22, we are going to read just 22, in another translation, Amplified Translation. Amplified. Are you ready? Let's read it together, it's on the screen. But the fruit of the Spirit, the result of His presence within us, is love, that unselfish concern for all that, joy, inner, inner peace, patience, not the ability to wait, but how we act while waiting. That's the definition. That's long-suffering. One of the definitions. Just one, one aspect of it. Not the ability. So patience is the ability to wait. Long-suffering is how you act while waiting. So, you know, sometimes situations happen and you have to wait. You know, some people are unable to wait. Like, they... How will I explain it? How do you react? Or how is how are you when things don't go as you want them to go? So, basically, in this teaching today, we're going to be talking about difficult situations. You know, you can be patient for different things. We are talking about patiently waiting for something that means a lot to you. Or being in a season that is, quote-unquote, a dry season. Hallelujah. And I pray God we open his, you just we release his knowledge into our hearts in the name of Jesus. So the Greek word, we are going to be looking at the Greek word. The Greek word for patience is, I don't know the pronunciation, is hypomone. H-U-P-O-M-O-N-E. While the Greek word for long-suffering is macrothumia. Now the difference between hypomone, which is patience, and macrothumia, is that the later word, which is macrothumia, expresses patience in respect to persons. And the former in respect to things. Do you understand that? Okay. So, hypomony, which is patience, you know, it expresses patience in respect to things. Long suffering express, expresses patience in regards to persons, to people. I'm going to, I'm going to break it down. Don't worry. You may not understand. I will break it down. So, let's go a bit deeper into the word macrothumia. What does macro mean? Anyone? If you know economics? Large. large. Okay. So the Greek word macro, you know, means large. You know? And the root word for tumors, which is tumia, where they get tumia from, is temper. So macrotumia literally means long-tempered. Long-tempered. 
which is the opposite, opposite of short temper or having a short fuse. How do you act when you are waiting? You know, people always say the hungry man is an angry man. That's not for the believer. How are you when things don't go the way you want them to go? Do you become a monster? I pray God you open our hearts in the name of Jesus. Still trying to break it down. You know, I, I, came, I, I, I stumbled upon the right top that I feel is very, very profound. You know, I told you patience, um, long suffering is the ability to, is how you act when you are waiting. Patience is the ability to wait. But that was one spectrum. Another spectrum that is clearly being shown to us now is long suffering refers to patience with people. How do you act? You know, a lot of times when we're in difficult seasons, the major challenge we have is not really the situation itself, it's the people. Well, how many of you have ever worked in a place where you are unsatisfied? Let me see your hands up. So now, ah, everybody, why? <laughs> what does it take to satisfy you? <laughs> everybody, like, let me see your hands up if you've ever worked. Ah, why? Okay, at some point, how many of us are in the places that we are not satisfied? Ah. <laughs> I hope it's not the same organization. <laughs> ah, we have to give them, we have to let them know that people are not happy with them. So basically, you're in an organization that you're not satisfied and you stay there. That is patience. I mean, you stay there, you are looking at God, give me a new thing. But the moment you begin to get, you know, someone begins to antagonize you and make it more difficult for you and you have to endure the person, that's long-suffering. <laughs> So you guys, uh, permit me in this teaching to use phrases like long-suffered, use phrases like um, long-sufferer. You, you get what I'm saying? So just manage the English, pardon the English, because there's no other way to explain it than to use those kind of English. And I pray the Spirit of God will break it down for us in the name of Jesus. So yes, see the same situation. There's patience involved and there's long-suffering involved, depending on what spectrum of your organization you are in. A lot of times we go through challenges in life and let's take for instance someone that is trusting God for a life partner. You know, may God help people. There's a way people make the situation even more unbearable. They will call you. Hello? How are you? Oh, Jadini, oh, Jadini. Minute, are you not going out? Are you not going out? Take your eyes to the market. How does that help the situation? What does he do? Pressure. What do you now, re how do you respond to that person? As a child of God. Eh? <laughs> you tell the person, mind your business. That's not long suffering, no. <laughs> anyway, I pray God we open our hearts to receive in the name of Jesus. So I came across this quote, you know, this person put it, I don't know, like very, very well. It said, patience is the quality that does not surrender to circumstances or succumb under trial. It is the opposite of despondency and it is associated with hope. Now, guess what they said? They said it is not used of God. Like that's not an attribute, that's not the attribute God exhibits. God exhibits long suffering, not patience. Do you know why? Let me explain to you. God is the controller of situations, but God has to deal with us because he gave us the op opportunity and the option of choice. So a lot of time, we mess up with God. We do horrible things, and God just has to wait. And he's just waiting to draw us back. That is long-suffering. Is that why people were studying? <laughs> Are you understanding me? 
So when the Bible talks about God being patient, the word is macrothemia. It's long-suffering. Because most situations, God is in control of every situation. The only thing that God has given free will is man. So yes, God wants you to be his people. God has given you the opportunity. He's calling you. But a lot of times, we don't go to God. And he has to keep waiting. And we keep doing nonsense. What attribute did God exhibit to the children of Israel? Long-suffering. <laughs> people, have you thought about children of Israel? Do you know what happened? I pray in the name of Jesus that we will not be like them. Amen. Do you know what happened with them? God, you were there. And God, I mean, about, I, I, I used to wonder when I read the story of children, children of Israel. I'm like, what are they thinking? How can I be somewhere and I'll see the Red Sea part? And we walk in the middle. And then you get to the other side, you are saying, oh, you brought us to kill us. There is no food. How dare you? That's what, that was God making God of. Don't, don't look at God that God was wicked. No. God was like, what kind of ungrateful, what kind of people? These people don't know me. Don't you see what I've done? Can't you just come to me and say, why must you grumble? Why don't you just come and say, oh, we need food. God, we trust you. He will give you the food. But why will you come and say, oh, God, oh, why did you bring us here to kill us? The, someone that just delivered you from the Egyptians. They forgot. Now, God gave them manna. Do you know how many things God did for these people? Yet, any new thing again, complain. <laughs> okay, so we explained patience. Now, long-suffering. He says long-suffering is a matter of people. He says long-suffering is that quality of self-restraint in the face of provocation which does not hastily retaliate or promptly punish. It is the opposite of anger and it is associated with mercy and is used of God. Are you seeing the difference between long-suffering and patience? Long-suffering people. So, yes, we spoke about long-suffering as the ability, how you act while you are waiting. But really, how you act really, really involves people. How do you react? You can't, except you are not normal. You know, I remember there's a place just down this road. Do you remember? See, what do you remember that place we went to? They call it, what's that room called? The anger room. Just three blocks away from here. When we're trying to get this place, that place, they rented a unit and it's bare, and you can bring things and break it when you're angry. So you pay some money. What's that room called? The annoyance room or the destruction room. So you come, to, that's their business. You come into the room, it's black. So you can destroy televisions, they have old things. So when you're angry, just come and vent your anger. And mallet, you have mallet to break the wall. So the whole wall was, I said, I'm not going to take this place. The spirit operating in this place, you take me, we have to be doing deliverance before we can move in. I'm like, how is that a thing? Rage room, God bless you. Rage room, it's called a rage room. Rage room. There's something like that. Rage room. You know, but we are going to be talking about long suffering today as people because we go, to, as a child of God, there are times of ups and downs. You know, but I pray God we grow us to the stage where even at the times of downs, we keep looking at Jesus. We are not moved. So, yes, life comes with challenges, but the Bible says, Be it unto you according to your faith. Will you believe that there are people that believe, Christians that believe that you can never have a season in your life where there will be no trouble? Listen to me today. That's false. The Bible says, be it unto you according to your faith. If you think in your life there must always be trouble, there's an issue with that. There should be seasons in your life where we say, let us prepare for something you don't find. You, you only have to pray for other people because you are sorted. If you feel that can never happen for you, then there's a, come and talk to me. We need to change your mindset. 
The Bible says, be it unto. So if you believe that this life is just a rough road, we have to always encounter struggles every stage of our lives. Now, I'm not saying you will never go through problems, never, never. They come. But there should be a place you get to where that season is the season of rest. Do you know what rest means? And we should try by the grace of God to keep it that way. So, you know, and the thing is, is, is perspective. If you've known God enough and God has come through for you in situations enough, when situations come, they are no longer situations to you. You just look at them and you leave them alone and you move on. God takes care of them. There are times in our lives that are not palatable. My question is, how do you act? How do you react? We are going to be talking about that later. But beyond that, you know, because there are people that, you know, I spoke about some people before. When you are going through something, you are waiting. Some people don't make it easy for you. Friends don't make it easy. Sometimes family members, sometimes spouses don't make it easy. They don't. So my question is, so those people, I call them the people that make the long-suffering tougher for us. The people that make it tough for you to endure situations. But guess the funny thing about it? A lot of times those people are us. Do you understand what I'm saying? Or, or yes, a lot of times we are those people. Christians. So my question is, how do you relate to people that are going through their waiting seasons? Let's start from there. We have, everyone will have a season in your life where you have to wait for something. You as a child of God, how do you relate with them? Think about it. A lot of times you don't think about it. We talk about long suffering, long suffering. Yes. What if your friend is the one that has to exhibit that virtue? He's going through a tough time. What do you do? What's your own part in that? Are you one of those people that antagonize and say, see Job's friends. You know what happened with Job? They came. And with any job that you are not righteous, you must have sinned against God. Do you know people that when you are going to your tough time, they will say, my brother, 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 you have sinned. <laughs> and God was angry with them. God said they were saying what they don't know. When they there, man, was having discussion with the devil to deal with Job. He said, brother, you are not praying, you are not praying. Sometimes you go to some places, you are praying, they say, increase your volume, increase your voice. With all your situation, you need to pray more. You know, the thing is, a lot of times, we don't make the situation easier for our people, for our friends, for our family members. You have friends that are trusting God for the fruit of the womb. How do you encourage them? You know, that the way you say something to someone, you may mean good, but it sounds wrong. Be careful. And the person has to be exhibiting the virtue of long-suffering because of you. Ah, no. Look at Joseph's story. You know, have you ever, a lot of times we talk about Joseph's story, but do you, do you brainstorm, do you think deep about that story? Now, let me ask you a question. You know the seasons of Joseph's life, the slave traders, his brothers, the slave traders, you know what happened with his brothers? He saw them again, he hugged them. The slave traders were there. Potiphar was there, Potiphar's life was there. My, my question is this. When Joseph got ele elevated to position of prime minister, was he higher than Potiphar? Yes, he was the next to Pharaoh. So Potiphar became his subordinate. They didn't just tell us what happened. I was thinking when I was doing that, I said, what about was Joseph? <laughs> no, God. 
No, 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 no. I won't do that. But don't think I will invite them for dinner. I will invite them for dinner. And that just meant, just like I will invite them and they will sit down at my table, feed them very well, and they'll be smiling. So you're a destiny helper. They'll be shaking. I read a story recently of Mandela. I don't know how many of you read it. It was very popular. It was over social media. How, when he became president, one morning he went jogging. And while he went jogging, he, got one, he now wanted to get some breakfast with his bodyguards and all that. And he entered the restaurant and he sat down. And he saw a man sitting down on another table and he called the man, please come, come and join us. Told them to go and call the guy. The guy came, the guy was shaking. So everyone thought the guy was shaking because he was seated in the, in, in, in the presence of a president. Apparently, that guy that was shaking was one of the warders when Mandela was, the, was in jail. And he tortured Mandela. So the guy said, I'm dead. Like it was, it was, he couldn't look up. He put his face cap and he was shaking. How do you act? You know, I think about those things. When Obasanjo was in prison, there, were, there would have been waters that were wicked to him. He became president. Some people just used to go missing. <laughs> you know, so sometimes you see missing persons, you don't know. One thing I've seen. One thing I've seen in life is this. Anybody that you antagonize, I don't know why it happens that way. I don't know. I've lived a very short life. I'm not so old, but any child of God that you antagonize, God raises them over you. Go mark my words. Any child of God that you antagonize, God's way of payback is simple. He just raises them over you. I've seen it. I've interviewed my bosses. There was one guy in Ah, life. Brothers and sisters, life. Please, everyone that God gives you the opportunity to come out, that, that comes to you, that you meet, that maybe for one reason or the other, you have a high advantage over, please treat them right. I beg you in the name of Jesus. There was this guy in my secondary school, in our secondary school, when I was in GSS 2, it was in SS3. He was one of the most popular guys, like, you know, but... Thank God, he was a good person. He wasn't bad. He was a very popular in our school. Years down the line, I finished university. The first job I got, he had finished university long. The first job I got, I sat down. I was on the, an interview. I mean, I'd been there for like a year plus. I was part of an interview panel. In fact, I was the head of the interview panel because it was for contract staff position. So I sat on the panel. I had my other team people with me. And we were looking, I looked through the list. I said, okay, call people. We had it in a very big place. So we we're calling different candidates. And I got to a name. And I saw the name. You know a name that you know from secondary school? You're senior. And I said, God, how do I call? Hope you won't recognize. I was very young then. It was my eldest brother's friend. I said, hope you won't know me. Like, I, it was very awkward. And I said, okay, you know what? Call this guy in. And this guy comes in. And he said, oh, good afternoon, sir. And he sat there. And my heart was broken. Times and seasons. And in my heart, I said, what if this guy had been wicked? What if he was? Do you know how many people have lost opportunities? You, you can't go around sowing evil. Because trust me, years will go down the line, you won't recognize. But the people you've sown evil to recognize you. I've had an interview before that in a bank, and we did it. And that bank had an issue with the former bank I worked. So they were very, very antagonistic to me. Like, the interview was more like warfare. <laughs> what kind of process is that? 
I'm like, well, that's what we did. He said, no, that's not valid. I said, I'm not the owner of the company. That was just what they told us to do. I knew it was a riot. And I stepped out. And one guy ran after me, one of the top panelists. He said, I saw your son name. He said, are you by any chance, Professor Olushaken's son? I said, yeah, that's my mom. He said, what? Wow, nice to meet you, nice to meet you. And he went back in. I got the job. And when I got the job and I resumed, the first day of my resumption, the guy came to me and I said, do you know why I asked you that question? He said, when I was going to join the University of Lagos, I wanted to go to engineering. The cutoff mark for jump, my score was three, three digits below. And, you know, I, and people were able to still get in. And someone, I didn't know anyone in Unilag. Myself and my uncle went to University of Lagos and we were saying, what can we do? Well, asking around. And they said, there's a professor that helps people. Go and meet her. And the guy said, they, didn't, they went to my mom's office, they knocked on the door. She worked on them in, in and asked, what happened? And they said, oh, they told her the situation. And she says, okay, give me your information. I will just submit it to the things to see if by the time they have, if they, can, if they can extend it a little, you will get in. And she pushed it, and this guy became a student, and he graduated, and he never forgot. And I got that job because of him. Anyway, I pray God will help us in the name of Jesus. Who are you to people around you? What are you sowing? See, the Bible says, keep sowing goodness. It says, it, just keep. Keep sowing it. At the right time, you will reap the harvest. Your friends are going through tough times. What do you sow? Do you make the situation tougher? Let's quickly go into what we should do. What we should do as children of God. You know, how do you relate with people that are going through difficult times? The first thing you need to notice, choose your words wisely. Choose your words wisely. Let me, let me give you two scenarios. A couple. The husband has been doing okay, but for some reason he loses his job. He's in the house. I've seen these situations play out. He's in the house. No job yet. Everything. And he's home alone and, you know, because he doesn't have anywhere to go, of course the wife wants him to maybe make dinner for the kids. Which is nothing. Do you understand me? And the wife calls. I said, they bring the egusi out or bring the egusi out. Cook it, boil, blend it, do this one very well. And just make sure you serve them. You have to serve them well. She's not saying anything out of the ordinary. But to the guy, he's sounding, ha, ah, see my life. But that's the reality. Let's say the truth. But there's another way you can say. Do you know that same thing? You can say it in another way. You can say, oh dear, please, I, I know that um, I'm going to come a bit late today. Just be extra sensitive. Just because you know the person is vulnerable. The person is going through their season of drought. They don't hear what you are saying. No. <laughs> their emotions mixed with that thing. The way they are, the antenna for reading body language is different. Long suffering. So you have a friend that has been trusting God for a job. And you get a job, you need wisdom to break your own news. <laughs> God. I know it, it looks like a lot, but God will give us the wisdom. <laughs> I've listened to people apply for a job together and one gets the job. And the other one, that person is rapping, that wants to tell his other friend, friends, why are you bragging? <laughs> <laughs> Long suffering. People that are going through their tough times need, they are extra touchy. We need to be sensitive. I know people that, 
you have friends that are trusting God for the fruit of the womb. When is their birthday? What do you send them? They know. Even sometimes your prayer can be cheeky. You have friends that are trusting God for a life partner. Your prayer can be cheeky. I've seen people that someone is going through time. Someone comes nearly to Canada and they're trying to get their feet. Do you know the frame of mind that the person is? And you're telling the person, why are you always looking like you're always scattered? You, are, you don't know what you are doing. I know who I was when I came to Canada. I know my priority. My least priority was was anything that has to do. My priority was just making it. When I say making it, feeding and taking care of my family. I didn't care about any other thing apart from God. God was my number one. Sorry about that. God was number one. But apart from God, my one was church. Then God, what do you have for me? I did not care what anybody thought at that time. People are in different seasons of their lives. Be careful what you say. If you make a child of God, have to go home to cry over what you said. God to help us. The second one, how do you relate to people that go through difficult times? Be a Jonathan. Have your brother or your sister's back. There are times we have friends that go to situations. It's not time to just say, oh, God bless you. Don't worry, I'm praying for you, sister. What else can you do? Do you know who Jonathan was? You know Jonathan was meant to be king in the place of David. He practically sacrificed his destiny for David. How many of us are aware? Are you aware that Saul almost killed Jonathan because of his support for David? It's in the Bible. It says in the book of 1 Samuel 22-34, he says, but why should he, this was Jonathan responding to his father, Saul. He said, but why should he be put to death? Jonathan asked his father, what has he done? Then Saul all despaired Jonathan, intending to kill him. So that at last, Jonathan, so, so at last, Jonathan realized that his father was really determined to kill David. Jonathan left the table in fierce anger and refused to eat on that, on that, on that second day of the festival. For he was crushed by his father's shameful, shameful behavior towards David. Go read about David and Jonathan. Jonathan was that friend. I mean, an, an example of that friend that sticks closer than a brother. Yes, someone is going through their tough times. How can you add value? What thing can you do to make the burden lighter? I know what it means to go through seasons of drought. I know what people say. In fact, sometimes, if I be careful what you think, because sometimes the Spirit of God can reveal it to other people. There was a season where myself and my wife used to, you know, God's favorite house fast. We used to fast a lot when we came to Canada then. And then we would go, there's this family, we had some friends that, you know, used to know we used to fast. We we'll now go for events, and I used to grill a lot then. So I remember one time we went for an event in their place, and I was the one grilling, and we were fasting. No food, three weeks. And when we fasting, they came, they said, oh, are you not eating? I said, no. And instantly, I heard what they thought in their heart. These people fast a lot, too, but no results. <laughs> because it didn't look like results was coming out. You know, when you plant an Iroko tree, it takes a time, it takes while for it to spring, but when it springs, you can't catch it. On, the, on top, because they, they don't fast, they don't, they don't do those things. But the result is astand, astonishing. So they're looking at this one that are fasting like, I, I always like, how many times do you fast a year? And look that nothing was happening. And I said, well, God, I know that the time will come. But I had the conversation. I knew the thoughts of the heart. 
People go through their seasons and we need to be careful who, who we are to them. I pray God will help us in the name of Jesus. You know, all the think about the prison waters that will have related with Joseph. Think about the people that did Joseph good in his time, in his struggle. Yes, the Bible doesn't talk a lot about them, but think about what will happen to them. Do you know what happened to um, Jonathan's son? The one that was crippled, Mephibosheth. When David became king, he said, is there anyone in Jonathan's house that I can remember and show goodness to? And they brought his crippled son because of his deed. I pray in the name of Jesus that we will sow goodness into people's lives. In the mighty name of Jesus. So the third thing, we have already spoken about it. Is you need to lighten the burden in any way you can. If it means you need to take them out sometimes, if it means you need to just, you know, just help them. If it means sometimes, imagine they have a family and you can help them take the kids away. There are sometimes that you go through tough times. That having your kids around you all the time aggravates it. It can just mean, oh, you know what, let, let me take your kids to go, uh, go have fun. Do you know what it means to be going through tough times? I remember when we used to go through our tough times. Ah, God help us. So the children, you have to eat healthy. It's a lie. It's not as if I wouldn't have wanted them to eat better things. No, we eat healthy in this house. Banana. <laughs> and you know, I remember a day that someone in church, I can't forget. Do you remember? After we have spent every... Ah, you know when you come to Canada newly and you don't know, you are really looking, ah, I brought a lot of money. This is a good country. If I tell you the vision, if we drew a vision board, I will have been crying when I looked at that vision board. I told my what card do you want in Canada? <laughs> I said, what card do you want? What kind of ass do you want? You know, I didn't know. <laughs> you know, you come to Canada and it's not just, I don't just spend the money. You say, I will never buy anything. I'm not buying anything on credit. What's that? We don't own credit. Uh. <laughs> oh, God have mercy. Anyway, so remember that season when the money, I mean, when everything goes down and you're saying, God, what next? And this woman, do you remember? I remember to today. This was four years ago, right? She brought this box. I mean, she filled her boots with goodies. I don't know. We never told her. We used to dress well. We used to look good. But she just said, oh, I brought a gift for all your kids for school. School was about to resume. We used that thing for two months. Am I right? Canned drinks. This one. Juice boxes. School snacks. I increased the children's snacks by one daily. <laughs> You know, but the thing is, weeping men, they are for the night, but joy comes in the morning. The thing about long suffering is, it is not permanent. So if you're antagonizing somebody, just remember, it is not permanent. Imagine all of us here go about sowing goodness into people's lives. We go about helping people through their situations of waiting. Imagine we live here today and we're like, you know what, any time a brother or a sister is in, because you, now the thing about long suffering is when people are going through their time, most times you know. Yes, there are people that won't tell you, but the ones that tell you and you know about, what do you do to them? A lot of times, prayer is good, but it's not enough. What I mean by it's not enough, it's very good, right? But you should be able to do more than prayer. Sometimes the answer to that person's prayer is in your hands. I know this thing used to be a dude that people used to say, but I just thought about that. It's possible. It can really happen. They said two people went to church. One man was praying to God, God, I need this 50 million kronta to come through. Another guy was praying, God, I need one five. Just this one five, God, please, was really shouting. And that man just brought one five. I said, take, join me in my own prayer. <laughs> you know, 
But it, it, sometimes you are the answer to somebody's prayer. Someone comes to you with a problem and you say, no, God, I've been in Canada for a day. I'm healing in it. And you have the capacity. Are you listening to God for God to say, ah, you can solve this person's problem? I pray in the name of Jesus. Listen. Listen to this prayer before you say amen. Listen very well. In the name of Jesus, every one of us here will get to the stage where we can be paying rent for others. Do you know how good it will be for our brother or sister in church to say, oh, you know what, I'm going through a struggling time. We don't need to be praying to him. We just say, okay, you know, we are going through a struggling time. Okay, we'll keep you in prayers, but where, where do you live? Like, what's the issue? How much is the monthly rent? I'll be cheap it in. Do you know the kind of, I, I mean, if someone did that for me, maybe, I don't know. Maybe that pressure will not have been as much. But he built me but if God could send someone, I mean, that would have been awesome. I pray in the name of Jesus that you will be an answer to people's prayer. In the name of Jesus. Finally, next week we are going to continue this teaching. But we are going to now be talking about those that are going through their own waiting times. How do you handle it? How do you wait? How do you exhibit the virtue of long-suffering in your own times? We are going to talk about that next week. Today, we are just focusing on we as friends, we as family members to those who are going through their tough times. The final one is be careful not to add to the pain in any way. It's better for you not to even do anything or not to even talk than to add to the pain of that person. Drought season is a season that brings out emotions in people that you don't want to imagine. Drought season is a season that people are vulnerable. When you say a word in people's heads, they go to they overanalyze it. Ordinary step up, bro, step up. It doesn't mean step up to the person. Why are they talking to me like that? Do you understand what I'm saying? Choose your words carefully. I pray as we live here today, we will go into the world and change people's life for good. In the name of Jesus. I've been through seasons in my life where God sent people my way. And those people raised me up. And I'm like, God, this is, this is true Christianity. This is friendship. We are not called to be selfish. Do you know what love is? Do you know the love we talk about as Christians? Do you know what it is? Do you think it's emotional love? Do you know the meaning of agape love? It's not emotional. It can't, if it was emotional, it can never work. Do you know why? People will annoy you. There are some people that their gift is annoying. They annoy people. God is to give me a gift of being those kind of... I had friends that know everybody hated. Like the whole, I, the whole group. In university, I had a friend that the whole university hated. So when I said, how are you able to... Because I was every other person's friend. They said, how can you relate with this guy? I said, thank God for grace. I'm able to manage... People, I can, God has given me that grade. There's nothing you say to me that I would just, I can be anybody's friend, really. So I had that gift. So this, huh? But this guy would do something. I would say, no wonder people don't like you. <laughs> now, the thing is, so God is not saying you should love people emotionally. Agape love is not emotional, it's love by choice. You know what it means by choice? I mean, you have the choice to do good or do bad. You do good. <laughs> so your heart will not, it's not as if your heart loves the person, but the actions towards the person shows love. That's agape love. Agape love, the one that God is talking about that we should have because he knows <laughs> you can't have the kind of love you have for your children to everybody. 
You cannot have the kind of love you have for your wife to everybody. Some people are going through long suffering. Their own situations that they have to act, have the virtue of long suffering, or they have to long suffer. Your job is to show love. Love sometimes is pausing before you say a statement. Love sometimes is just reaching out and saying, "How are you doing today? Can I send you something?" But I don't. My dad always says, "My dad, you know, my dad from time is not a fan of, you know, throw big party and feed people. My dad calls it feeding the overfed." It causes feeding the overfed that you know you do party, give people food. They say there's no blessing in that. That why don't you take whatever you have and go and bless other people, people that need it? So of course I'm not saying it's of course it's good to celebrate. I understand that, but don't do one without leaving the other. Imagine you say, you know what, every month all my friends are going through things, I want to send them something. During COVID, how many of us sent palliatives? <laughs> So we all, were, you sent palliative, God bless you. God bless you. So you, some of you are just shouting, ah, palliative, they are still in palliative. <laughs> Which palliative did you give? Ah. Hey, God have mercy, Jesus. God help us. So we didn't say, you have wondered that, who am I going to send palliative to, right? Is that what you are thinking? Oh, Okay. <laughs> You said it in your heart that you gave palliative. Okay, God bless you. Eh? No, but I was looking at some people's faces. They didn't give palliative. They are looking at mine to give palliative. You know what palliative is? Anything to support and alleviate the pain. As a church, we gave palliative. So thank God for that. So you've given palliative. By <laughs> the grace of God. Eh? Yes, cash, anything. Yes. Palliative is not, it doesn't have to be the product. Anything to alleviate pain and suffering. Friends go through tough times. You can just go and say, Are you okay? Can I send you $100? Can I send you $50 to help you? You don't even need to say, just say, can I send you $50? What that thing will do for the person, you will be short. I remember a man, a man of God, one of our mentors was telling me that, ah, this Canada has a way of dealing with somebody. That when you first come to Canada, you'll be feeling good. But if you're not careful, at a point, they give you $100, you'll kneel down and say, my brother, you don't know what that $100 I've got. So listen to me, if you've never been in that situation in Canada, say, thank you, Jesus. Just say, thank you, Jesus. God has helped you. I know. I mean, I have to say, there was a time. By <laughs> the time you spend everything, however you take $100, you're thinking your mind, no frills, fresh coal, vampire, egg, milk, bread. You buy like eight bread, you now want the children, two, 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 two. <laughs> <laughs> ah, God, we thank you. You know, but what I'm going to tell you today is, it is not forever. See, we are going to be talking about long suffering next week as a people. I don't know what your situation is, but one thing I can guarantee it's not forever. Never. And the funny thing or the good thing about it is God is saying it is time for you to come out of it. It is time for you to come out of it. Yes, you've been long, you've been in pain, you've struggled. Now you are learning about how to behave. But it doesn't mean you are going to be staying there to, you know, to, to, to show that you've learned it. No, God is bringing you out. You can't be in the situation forever in the name of Jesus. You need to keep your focus on Jesus. The Bible says, looking up to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. It is not permanent. It is not permanent. That situation is not permanent. It is not. I've seen God come through for people at the last stage. Yours is not even going to get to the last line. God is going to come through for you in the name of Jesus. You know, we are starting a season of fasting on Monday, by the grace of God. The theme of the fast is way maker. Way maker. Way maker. And when I saw the theme, I was so excited. But I can't tell you why I'm excited now. I will tell you why I'm excited towards the end of the year. 
that you understand. But as a church, we should be excited. I want to beg you in the name of God. I beg you with all my heart, key into the fast. Key into it. We are going to have two, three types. Do we have it on the screen? Okay, I'll just, let me just explain it. Three types of fast. There are those that want to do 12 to 6. That's the regular fast. You wait on the Lord 12 to 6 every day for the two weeks. From Monday till upper week Sunday. 12 a.m., yes. 12, not 12, no, no. 12, nobody can do that now. Like 12 a.m. to 6 o'clock. To 6 p.m. Ah, and can someone do 12 a.m. to 6 a.m.? Okay, anyway, 12 a.m. to 6 p.m. Now, listen to me. Very, very important. I want to encourage you. Maybe uh, perhaps you've tried in the past. It's been tough. You break at 3. There's no difference between 3 and 6. Have you not been busy sometimes that you will not just eat anything? If you've never been busy that you will not eat, you forget to eat, then you are not busy. I mean, get occupied. Ah. I mean, if you can't relate to what I just said, there's a problem. It's either you like food a lot or there's something wrong. You have to have been busy before in your life that you forgot to eat. Eh? No, it's not a matter of anger. I'm just telling you. Thank you. Okay, so this is it. Category one, fast for two weeks, 12 a.m. to 6 p.m. Category two, fast for one week and coast for one week. Now, let me explain what coasting is. Coasting is you're not going to eat any solid food. You just take thin fluid, like just liquids for the period you get. And, you know, when I say thin fluid, I mean just like juice. We don't even recommend soda. You can take coffee, tea, you know, no pepper soup, no gari water, no no custard. How are you pointing? <laughs> Do we have to see a deal here? Come and see me after service. I mean, no, you can't drink anything that, you can't do gravy, no soup. Because people drink a pot of soup. <laughs> so no soup. Let's try and do it right. Then the third category is cost for two weeks. Guys, we can do this. You can do this. We can do it now. For people that have maybe done one week before, it's time to move to the next level. Two weeks. It's only two weeks. If you now do two weeks, next time when we are doing three weeks fast, you do the whole three weeks. See, what happens at that time? I mean, the power that God releases upon you when you wait on Him is unbelievable. I want to encourage you, key into it. God is making ways. See, the door will open. Amen. We will be beneficiaries of this thing. I mean, I've experienced it. I'm not telling you something that someone told me. I'm telling you what I know. Because as a people, we fast. So you, a lot of people join and they say, oh, you, we guys have fun. Especially those that join around summer, we're doing games. We play a lot because we, pr- we pray a lot too. So if you come and you only come and just enjoy the enjoyment part, you're missing out on a lot. The critical part is our prayer part. So when we pray, we fast, we do all these things. Then we can play. Because we're not watching. See, since I've started this thing, I've never needed to fast for any issue. Do you know what I mean? So, since I've started joining this, all this uh, fast that we do as a church, except I say, you know what, let me just fast. Maybe God is leading me to fast, but not for an issue. You fast so you don't need to fast under pressure. You know how you have situations in your life, you say, my brother, we take 15 days fast. That fast is dry. You know, the situations that you have, that when they tell you that fast is dry, you say, I'm not even planning to eat before. It's between me and God. Don't let it get to that. Listen, don't let it get to that situation. Fast now when you can fast with a good heart and with a free heart. And I pray God we answer our prayers in the name of Jesus. So, category three, cost for two weeks. I pray God Himself will open your heart to choose one. 
in the mighty name of Jesus. Let's all bow our heads and begin to talk to God about what we've heard today. Perhaps you have friends that are going through tough times. You have people that are going through situations that are unpalatable. You have people that are going through difficult situations. You want to ask the Holy Spirit for help. Like, Spirit of God, how do I help these ones? You need the Spirit of God to guide you, to know how to respond to them, to know how to be of help. I just want you to open your mouth and begin to say, Spirit of God, help me to be a helper in the name of Jesus. Help me to reach out appropriately. Help me to show love. Help me, Lord, not to aggravate the situations that people are going through. Help me not to be an antagonist in the name of Jesus. Lord, help me to show love in every way I can. Teach me what to do, Lord. Thank you, everlasting Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. You know, God is reaching out to us today, and His word for us is, is coming through. Don't be discouraged. Yes, you have been waiting, but I see you. See, God's word is, I see you. I know you are coming out of it. I pray in the name of Jesus that even in this season, you will get your testimony. Not only will you walk out of the situation, you will walk into glory. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that the grace for us to be aligned to you, please give unto us. Your word says, Lord, that you keep in perfect peace all whose mind has stayed on you because they trust in you. Give us the grace to keep our minds on you. Give us the grace to trust in you. Thank you, everlasting Father. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed.